Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Friday, July 15th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well this fine Friday. I, for one, am fully in denial that it is already mid-July. I am not ready for this summer to be over. And as far as I'm concerned, it's still early May. But while I'm coping with the inevitable passing of time, we do have a great show for you today with a ton of fascinating stories to get your weekend started. So as always, let's get right into it. First, actress Constance Wu is opening up about her mental health struggle three years after a Twitter controversy drove her off social media. And please be warned that this story does include mentions of self-harm and suicidal ideation. In a heartbreaking statement posted to Twitter yesterday afternoon, Wu revealed that she had attempted suicide following the backlash from a 2019 tweet in which she expressed her disappointment in the renewal of her ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. She said, quote, I was afraid of coming back on social media because I almost lost my life from it three years ago when I made careless tweets about the renewal of my TV show. It ignited outrage and internet shaming that got pretty severe. Wu wrote this yesterday as part of her statement. She added, I felt awful about what I'd said. And when a few DMs from a fellow Asian actress told me I'd become a blight on the Asian American community, I started feeling like I didn't even deserve to live anymore. Wow. The statement goes on to reveal that Wu had then attempted to take her own life, but was rescued by a friend who took her to the ER saying, looking back, it's surreal that a few DMs convinced me to end my own life. But that's what happened. Goodness. Wu goes on to talk about how she has spent the past three years focusing on her mental health and putting her career aside. She now plans to return both to the screen and to public life. In speaking out, Wu says she aims to, quote, reach out and help people talk about this in order to understand it, reckon with it, and open pathways to healing. The experience also inspired her to write a memoir, Making a Scene, which will recount several deeply personal moments from across her life when it hits shelves on October 4th. I just want to say that I am glad Constance Wu is still with us and has bravely decided to open up about this extremely difficult issue. If you or anyone you know is experiencing intense suicidal thoughts, there is a number, a new number for the National Suicide Hotline starting tomorrow, actually. That number is 988. Again, 988. This next story is for the Real Housewives fans, and it is juicy, as always. In last night's episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, Tamara Judge opened up about a flirty encounter with former Beverly Hills co-star Denise Richards at BravoCon. The revelation came during a conversation between Judge and co-star Brandi Glanville on last night's episode. Glanville was addressing rumors about an alleged affair with Richards, insisting that the two did, in fact, hook up, despite Richards denying anything sexual ever happened. Judge revealed that she believed Glanville and added her own anecdote to explain why. Something happened at BravoCon. This is how Judge began what she was going to say. She went on, she hit on me, too. 
She kept sending me text messages, wanting me to go to her room, kept asking me to go to her room. And I'm like, honey, I'm married. Oof. Well, Judd said that she assumed those conversations with Richards at BravoCon were the main reason the former housewife felt safe enough to go to Judge for help with the drama surrounding her situation with Glanville. I think she called me because she knew what happened, Judge said. And she was afraid that, I don't know, maybe that I would say something. And clearly I am right now. Wow, we have yet to see Richard's response, but all I know is that this season just keeps ramping up. I cannot wait until next week's episode. All right, and now it's time to talk about the fascinating life and times of Ivana Trump, the late Ivana Trump, who passed away yesterday at the age of 73. Yesterday, news broke that Ivana Trump, the first wife of former President Donald Trump, died suddenly. The businesswoman, athlete, writer, and fashion designer was found near a staircase in her Manhattan home. Uh, Tributes have been pouring in, including from her ex-husband and children, Eric and Ivanka Trump. Ivana had quite a life and had many titles, so joining me now to discuss it all is People Managing Editor Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Welcome to the show. Hey, Janine. How you doing? So Ivana was born in Czechoslovakia and was a member of the national ski team. That's where the athlete comes in, right? After she split from her first husband, Austrian skier Alfred Winkelmeyer, she became a model when she moved to Montreal, and her stint in the modeling industry led her to meeting Donald Trump in 1976. They got married nine months later, and their marriage set the standard for this kind of opulence that was the 80s, right? I mean, if there's anybody who embodied the whole line of, you know, greed is good, I think Donald Trump actually lived that. And people forget that Ivana was a very important part of the whole empire. She had a really key role in his business. She was in charge of all the interior decoration for all of his properties. And she took on running some of them, including Trump Castle in Atlantic City. She ran the Plaza Hotel for a while. These are not small projects. Like She was running a huge part of his empire. They were absolutely the ultimate 80s power couple. Goodness. So let's flash forward to 1992 when things uh, go south. Uh, Donald and Ivana divorced. It was quite explosive and details of their divorce appeared on the front pages of the tabloid dailies for 11 days in a row. Ivana also wrote in her book Raising Trump that she knew Donald was having an affair with Marla Maples, who would eventually become his second wife. This really affected Eric, Don Jr. and Ivanka, right? Like, wasn't there a New York Post headline where Marla said Donald was the best sex I ever had. Take me into this debacle. Well, this is part of the lore of Trump, actually, like this explosive divorce and the headlines he got out of it and everything that like it fueled him as a media presence for years to come, which, of course, had big consequences, including him getting elected. The divorce was finalized in 1992, but this had been brewing since 1989. I used to cover the Trump family in the lead up before the election as former TV editor. And I did cover the election and interviewed all of them. You you did too, Janine, right? Yeah, Charlotte. I I remember going to Trump Tower to interview all of the kids and Donald Trump, like uh, right before he announced that he was running for the presidency. We didn't know that was happening, but we did Growing Up Trump as an article. It was a different time. And I just remember them talking about him as a dad and the fact that their quality time would be spent like on the floor of his office while he had important phone calls with Giuliani, like playing with their trucks (laughs) in, in the shadow of him making all these huge deals. Like that was their quality time. I mean, she takes full credit for having raised them. 
And I think that's undisputed. She said that he would be the type of dad who was in the office at six in the morning. Okay. So it's like, he's not getting them breakfast. He's not getting them dressed. And she said, like, is he going to push them in a stroller to Central Park? No, he's not doing that. But like, will he like pat them on the head and be like, they're there, son. Like, sure. And yes, he, and she, according to her, he loved them and he was, he provided for them, but he was not someone who was capable of raising them. She did that. It's so, what's interesting though is, Yes. Later in life, it's interesting how close they became with the dad. I think Don Jr. remained the closest with his mom. I mean, he actually was raised speaking Czech. He had the tightest bond with his mother. And we haven't heard a statement from him yet. I I imagine he's, you know, completely devastated because we know that they had a very tight bond. Ivanka said that for years, they didn't have the newspaper in their home because there were terrible headlines, which he was actually very proud of and bragged about at the office. He was very proud for the designation uh, that Marla had (laughs) allegedly bestowed on him. The parents did do a lot of work to shield their children. They actually shipped them off to boarding school to get them out of New York City. But I mean, stuff was really ugly. And it all started with this epic showdown on the mountaintops of Aspen in 1989, right before New Year's Eve. Of course, you remember Ivana was an epic skier, had been like practically professional. So Marla Maples skis up to her at the top of the slopes in Aspen and says, I'm Marla and I love your husband. (laughs) And this was a photographer actually caught an image of the moment that this happened. So of course, it was on the cover of all the papers. Ivana allegedly, she actually said in her memoir that she said to Marla, get lost. And then skied down the mountain and her husband chased down the mountain after her and like tried to smooth it over. But then, of course, she was Marla and Donald went to a New Year's Eve party just a couple of days later. It was just scandal, scandal, scandalous behavior. And he told his wife like, oh, you're just overreacting. But he was flagrantly cheating on her. We actually reached a source yesterday who said that he was there in Aspen when Ivana was screaming at him, like, who is this quote-unquote whore, Marla Maples? That was one of the only moments that the source saw her not becoming, not being as poised as ever. I can imagine, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I actually think that the the truth of that divorce is crazier and more explosive than anything that you could make up. Obviously, when something's on the cover of the tabloids this much, you start to almost feel like desensitized to it. But this was a very ugly divorce. During a deposition, she actually did allege spousal rape. She alleged that he kind of forced her to have sex against her wishes while they were still married. At the time, he later denied this and he kind of got her to backtrack on it. But it was explosive and it came up during the election. It was so dramatic and it went on for three years and she walked away with $25 million, a huge portion of his, of his fortune because she had helped build the business and she played herself in the first wives club. And she had this great line where she said, don't get mad, get everything. I just love that. Yep. (laughs) So good. So good. Well, Well, let's, let's talk about her life after she divorced Donald Trump. What happened there? We know she remarried twice. And and what did she think about his presidency? It's funny because obviously all of his children, including Tiffany, who was his daughter with Marla Maples, you know, all of them were very involved in the campaign. She had nothing to do with it. She was completely like off in Palm Beach living her life. She lived a very opulent lifestyle between Palm Beach, Saint-Tropez, Aspen, and she had a townhouse in New York City. But she, whenever you would ring her up on the phone, she would answer and she would give you a piece of 
of her mind. She said that he got COVID because he was careless when he lost the election. She said, you know, he's not a good loser. She had his number and she was not afraid to share her opinion. But what I found fascinating, yesterday I actually reached Omarosa. She, of course, worked for Trump in the White House briefly. Omarosa said that Ivana was one of the only people that he actually really listened to what she had to say because she didn't pull any punches. She was a straight shooter and that he actually would solicit her opinion in the White House. So I don't think most people knew that that they had that kind of relationship. But then when you see the statement he released yesterday, it was very warm statement. Um, despite this horrible divorce they'd gone through, there seems to be a lot of respect there. It's pretty fascinating. Wow. I'm trying to picture Melania standing there as he calls Ivana to get her take on the state of affairs in America. (laughs) Oh, Janine, without wishing to be shady, do you really suppose Melania was anywhere near him when this stuff was happening? (laughs) You're right. I have a feeling she made herself scarce. What a life, man. Ivana Trump, quite intriguing. Charlotte, thank you so much for stopping by to discuss it all with me. Oh, thanks, Janine. Coming up, it's a very special New Music Friday here with a new release from legendary R&B artist, Neo. We sit down with the Grammy-winning musician to talk about his new album, Self-Explanatory, and even Beyonce. Next. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is New Music Friday here on People Every Day, and there are some great new releases for you to queue up for the weekend. First of all, Lizzo's back with her brand new album, Special. We covered a few of her hit new songs on the album on previous Fridays, and we can't wait to hear the whole thing. And if you're a diehard Johnny Depp fan, I had no idea how many there were out there until recently, (laughs) but you are probably already bopping along to his new album with collaborator Jeff Beck called 18. But for me, one of the most exciting new releases of this week has got to be Neo. And even more exciting, he is here to talk all about his sexy new album. That right there was Handle Me Gently, one of the new tracks, Surely to Make You Swoon, from three-time Grammy Award-winning R&B hitmaker, iconic songwriter, actor, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, Neo. Today, he is not only releasing his eighth studio album entitled Self-Explanatory, but he is here with us, and I could not be more excited. Welcome to the show, Neo. How are you? Hey, love. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Well, congratulations on your new body of work. But before we get into that, this is your first full-length album release since 2018. It's been four years. It's been four years since you gave us music, so a lot can happen in that amount of time. What has that last four years been like for you, and why is now the right time to drop this album? It's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster the last four years with the COVID and all of that. 
the people that we lost and just the time that we lost. Like it just, it was just caught in a, a time loop for a minute. Is that relationships that kind of get tossed by the wayside because you find yourself working so much? My relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my close friends. You know, these things suffered because I was working so much. So when the quarantine happened and we were all kind of forced to sit still, it allowed me to make the realization that I kind of been neglecting these relationships and then go ahead and rectify that. It may not seem like a big thing to you, but like sitting and eating cereal with your kids in the morning, like that means something to them. So this this album, Self-Explanatory, it was very much a finding myself, reevaluating my value type of moment for me. I'm looking at the industry. The sound has changed. The look has changed. Two whole generations coming up behind me. And I kind of fell into a, does Neo even fit into this situation type of mind state? And it took me a little second to get out of that. I won't, I won't deny that. While everybody else was finding a hustle during the quarantine, I was definitely sitting still and gaining weight. Um, <laughs> but once I made the realization that music is not something that I do, it's something that I am. Songs just kind of poured out at that point. This album is basically a snapshot of everything that's been going on with me from 2018 to now. I think that is quality start to finish. Yay. Well, self-explanatory is the title. But despite that, break it down for me. I mean, it, it's with Motown Records, legendary. It is 13 tracks. It's out now. The titles of some of those tracks, you know, you can almost feel them. You got the body. Don't love me. Stay down. So take me into the concept and where that came from and what fans can expect. There are a couple reasons why I call the album that. First and foremost, I've always prided myself on doing music that kind of spoke for itself. And like, I'm not the most braggadocious dude that you'll ever see. I'm not the dude running around to my own horn. But self-explanatory because the music speaks for itself. Uh, I've been here damn near 20 years. I feel like I feel like that kind of speaks for itself as well. It's like, do you really need an explanation to a Neo record at this point? <laughs> probably not, right? You can probably have an idea of what it's going to be. It's, it's, it's the kind of music that you live your life to. Kind of, yeah. kind of music you break up to, get back together to. Kind of music you play before you go to the club. The kind of songs you might hear at the club. The kind of music you clean the house on Sunday too. Like it's, you, you push play and you apply the song where it makes sense. That's what you do with a Neo record. And this album is no exception. Yes. Well, what does wife Crystal Renee think about this latest album? Did she have a hand in some of the inspiration behind these songs? Oh, to say the least, to say the least. <laughs> um, everybody knows at this point that I write from personal experience, be it my own or somebody close enough to me to tell me the story. And this album is no exception. There's a few songs on the album that kind of speak to the darker point that me and my wife had went through for a second. Uh, and just the conversations that, and things that we had to do in order to pull ourselves up out of that dark place. So yeah, definitely inspired a couple records. <laughs> Every chance you get. That one's about me. Every single time. <laughs> well, you guys just retied the knot in Vegas in spectacular fashion this past April. I know you've been together a long time and as you said, weathered some storms. So does it feel like a honeymoon phase all over again after the, the you know, vow renewal, wedding extravaganza? Well, yeah. To be honest, it kind of does. Went through what we went through and found our way out of it. And I, I can honestly say better now than we were before it happened. We've learned to genuinely listen to each other. We've learned to slow down in the moment and really figure out whether or not the emotion that we're trying to jump to is the emotion that should be you know, placed in that situation. These are things that require effort every single day. It's not easy. It's very easy to fall back into bad habits. Marriage requires effort every single day. And that's just kind of what that is. And if the person is worth it, then 
you know, the workload ain't that heavy. That is true. That is true. Well, I got to ask you something. You have said that just going back into your ridiculously amazing catalog, you have said that Irreplaceable by Beyonce is your favorite song you've ever written for someone. Um, Well, Queen Bee is back. We are waiting at the door for Renaissance to drop July 29th. (laughs) But I just need to know, what do you know? I feel like Neo is privy to a little more intel than we all are. (laughs) Well, well, here's the thing about that. If I had any (laughs) Beyonce secrets, they would 1 million percent remain secrets because Beyonce is a very powerful woman. And the beehive is, uh, they're dangerous. There's some dangerous folks. So yeah, I ain't giving away no secrets. You ain't going to get me in trouble on here. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Go ahead and wait like everybody this, else. This is fine. Well, well. Th- what did you think of, of Break My Soul? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that Beyonce has never been afraid to take a chance. She's never been afraid to jump out there and say, this is how I feel right now and this is what I'm doing and you're either going to rock with it or figure it out later on. I love that about her. And this song is, is kind of epitomizes that, you know, it's, it's, it's a step in another direction. She kicked the tempo up. She went, she went dance with it. I feel like, you know, maybe dance music is making its way back around. The music speeding up and the tempo is changing is kind of needed right now. There's so many reasons for us to be low and down and sad and slow and leave it to Beyonce to figure out the, the exact song that we need <laughs> right at this time. So right. Shout out to the queen. indeed. Well, lastly, when are we going to get Neo's Tiny Desk concert? I am all the way here for it and ready. And and are you worried at all about becoming, you know, a viral meme like our guy uh, Usher? I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> I'm not tripping off becoming a meme. I, I ain't worried about that. That's, that's not a problem. Uh, as far as Tiny Desk, uh, the conversation has been had. We're working things out as we speak. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I actually been wanting to do that for a little while, so. It's going to be fun. Oh, you're going to kill it. I love it. I'm so excited to hear that. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for you and for today and and for everyone to get to hear self-explanatory. And guys, go out and listen to it wherever you listen to music. Neil, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you. That was wonderful. All right, folks, we're wrapping up for today. And no, I have still not accepted that we are halfway through the summer. Actually, forget summer. We're halfway through 2022. Like, where does the time go? And not to make you feel even older, but I just found out that this turned 10 years old today. That's right. The viral sensation Gangnam Style by South Korean artist Psy was first released on this day in 2012. And man, I can't tell you how many times over the last decade that song has gotten stuck in my head for better or for worse. (laughs) If you were also one of the four billion people who viewed the music video on YouTube, you might be in the same boat. The Gangnam Style music video was the first YouTube upload to ever reach a billion views and is still the 11th most viewed video in the history of the site, which is no surprise because in 2012, you couldn't walk 10 feet without hearing the song or seeing someone do size signature dance. You know, the one where you're pretending to, you know, ride a horse with a lasso, doing the little galloping moves. I mean, I, I, I never danced like that, but I'm sure we all know someone who did. And while those catchy lyrics and goofy dancing moves might be a little cheesy, you know, by today's standards, Gangnam Style has played an important role in bringing K-pop to the American mainstream, opening us up to such icons as Twice, Blackpink, I love them, and of course, BTS. Speaking of BTS, Psy recently returned to the charts with his song That That featuring BTS member Sugar. Oh, 
And so while we're all inevitably getting older, queuing up Gangnam Style on your weekend playlist and time traveling back to the more innocent times of 2012 is certainly something to make you smile, right? Or are you mad at me for getting that stuck in your head again? (laughs) Just make sure no one's recording when you start doing the gallop. That's embarrassing. That's all we have for this week, you guys. Go have some fun in the sun and, of course, be safe. And we'll see you this next Monday for another great week of People Every Day. 